Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Quaybog Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel or check us out on Facebook. That way you'll have access to fresh content every week. But most importantly, we hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey because our mission here at Quaybog is to help you worship, connect, and serve. Enjoy! week of looking at money and having peace, the peace of God, peace from God over this issue of finances, that our finances and God's care and blessing that gives us peace are not contradictory. They don't contradict. They're not oxymorons. And today, uh, for me, thinking with you about keeping our eye on the future, what does that mean? What kind of a future do we have if we follow God in obedience, in stewardship with our finances, both here in this lifetime as well as investing and then waiting for eternity? Stepping into eternity and those who have been faithful here, God will acknowledge and bless you there. Do you ever think about that? That how we live here and what we do with our finances here, that God takes that into account about future, both earth time future and then our eternal future. So I'm curious, have you ever gone there? Chat GPT. So I think it's a little over two weeks ago that Kyle and Tim were downstairs and I was meeting them for coffee and Kyle pulls this up and he says, have you ever gone to chat GPT? And it's about uh, artificial intelligence and how smart computers are right now. And so I'm impressed when, when and well, I'm sometimes impressed. Other times I'm intimidated because it used to be that if I make this statement that you generally go, oh, that's kind of cool. But now you don't do that. You check me out on Google. <laughs> and you find out, is that true? Right? And so I thought that chat, GPT, would be where you could go and I could just ask more complicated questions. Like, uh, what is Moses' brother-in-law's first name? Brittany. Because I asked her that. I asked, I asked Kyle and Brittany that. I didn't expect you to say you would. But so, so I did the same thing again. And Kyle goes, no, 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 no. No, no. Really complicated. So here's, here's what you can say into chat GPT. Uh, give me a sample of a Valentine's letter to my girlfriend. And it will print you up. An amazing, <laughs> impressive, grab her attentions, almost better than flowers and chocolates kind of a thing. Okay? And then Kyle said, and so Kyle asked uh, G, uh, Chat GPT, uh, write a six page term paper on the rising energy prices in New England. And it did it. Just like that. And I'm reading this thing. It's like the, the information that it's pulling in to do it. So. Nothing's wasted on me. So what I did, Gary, what I did is I said, would you write me a two-page paper for my wife explaining to her why a Bose soundbar 
would be good in our house. Dear Terry, I wanted to send you this note to share my thoughts on why I believe that purchasing a Bose soundbar would be a great investment for us and that will enhance our audio experience while we're watching TV together. First and foremost, Bose is a brand that is renowned for its superior audio quality. Blah, blah, blah. It keeps on going. Uh, Bose Surround Bar is designed to deliver clear, powerful, immersive sound that will take your movie watching with Dean and music listening to a whole new level. And then it gets better. Look, I'm skipping a bunch of stuff that it says because like, it's a whole letter. All impressive. One of the key benefits of a Bose soundbar is its compact, sleek design. Unlike traditional home theater speakers, which can be bulky and take up a lot of space, a Bose soundbar is typically slim, compact, eye-catching. This makes an excellent choice for anyone looking to save space and achieve a minimalist look. Bingo! You got to go there and try this, guys. Wow, wow. Uh, just, just uh, I have to tell you, Terry wasn't impressed. <laughs> I tried this on her, and she said, Yeah, right. Uh, uh, being able to, really, here's what it was saying if you want to spend money, go on to this website, and it can, uh, it can justify anything. Okay. Thinking about uh, uh, investments and looking ahead, what would, Kyle's question as we started this series, what would it feel like to have financial peace? Not, not financial stuff around us, but just financial peace. What would that be like? And then Kyle mentioned, what is normal in America in 2023? You remember the two things? Debt and overspending. They're normal. They're, like it's, that's normal to be in debt and for some to be like big time in debt and then to spend and spend beyond your capability because you deserve it, right? So uh, the six principles that are coming up for this series, the six messages that uh, Kyle has done, five of these. Uh, and so first message, the money isn't ours is what he said. And I would say it, we are managers, not, you know, we don't own we manage because scripture is clear. Psalm 24, verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and everyone who lives in it is his. In terms of ownership, God owns it all. And so what are we? We are managers. Number two, second message, wisdom and community are crucial. We need each other as we navigate our way. And we need the body of Christ because that is how God does his work now. We are the body of Christ, 1 Corinthians 12 says. We are the body of Christ. We're to do this, even our finances, to share in this together. Number three, you're more than your possessions. Because sometimes, if you have a vehicle you feel really good in, like a new pickup truck, and I keep saying to Terry, Terry has not bought this one since I tried it on her about 11 years ago, that babe you would look really good in a pickup truck. <laughs> and she goes, yeah, you're really thinking that, aren't you? Well, let's go back to 
the, the app that tells her what I should be having her think. Uh, you're more than your possessions. What Luke chapter 12, verse 15 says, context that somebody had come to him and said, Lord, would you tell my brother to share the inheritance with me? And he says, no. A man's life does not consist of the abundance of his possessions. You are not what you own. And what we would follow up quickly to say is, and don't let what you own, own you. Number four, fourth message. Jesus talked and talked a lot and taught and taught a lot about money. Do you know that Jesus, those who do this kind of uh, building statistics, uh, Jesus talked more about money than he did heaven and hell combined. Why do you think? He knows us. He knows how we think. Last week, money itself is not the root of all evil. What is? Yeah. It is the love of money is, and not the, but a, is a root of all kinds of evil. It isn't the only root of evil. The love of money, that greed, wanting more and more and more, is a root that can cause harm in our lives, can't it? <clears throat> and then this, mo- <clears throat> excuse me, this morning, keeping an eye on the future, benefits of good stewardship. Are we convinced that it's true? I have to tell you, I have not always been convinced it's totally true. I know it's a principle. I know that it's a biblical principle, and I know that it works generally. But how much are you supposed to sacrifice today in order to store up for tomorrow? How much? Because in our story, in Terry's and my story, to think ahead when we moved here. So, 34 years ago, we were planning our move to this place called Pepperell, Massachusetts, because that's where we thought we were going. Uh, that would get changed last minute and we would end up an, uh, being assigned Brookfield as the site where we would go. Two families that were here. We left those meetings of being appointed to plant the church that was meeting in 1989 in Springfield. And uh, by the directions of the director of church planting, we got off what was then exit 8 in Palmer and drove Route 9, and when we got into Cherry Valley, realized that Brookfield was not on the map. And so we turned around, drove, and got almost back to where, and still couldn't find Brookfield. And so I I said, Terry, where are we moving to? They don't even have a pancake house here. When we first started, we took uh, a significant pay cut uh, based on the mission that we came uh, here with. And the mission required us to give 15%, to put 15% into a a retirement account, an an IRA, when we were scrambling and couldn't even pay our bills. And so thinking ahead... When you're under duress, when you're scrambling to pay your bills and you say, and yeah, you need to be investing for the future, sometimes it seems like it won't work. And 34 years ago, honestly, I questioned whether that was good counsel. That being forced by our mission agency 
on top of not having enough of then taking 15% off the top to put in an IRA that we would not see for 30 plus years seemed unrealistic. And I was not on board. Fast forward 34 years and I tell you, I am grateful to God for what was then called Mission to the Americas. And I am grateful to God that soon after coming here, within that first year of being here, John Cooper sitting with Terry and me and insisting that what MTA had said was correct. And that after we went off of support on MTA, what we had raised for support, and Quaybog Church was paying for our salary, they kept that 15%. I was not convinced. Can I tell you now? I am so glad. Because I would still be your pastor. <laughs> and you would not be happy. Is it possible to plan wisely, so plan ahead, and trust God fully at the same time? Is that possible? Can you do both? Is one, is that an oxymoron? Is that a contradiction? That you can plan wisely, invest wisely, do the right thing financially, and totally trust God while you do it. Is that possible? And then I want to just turn and look at that a different way. Is it possible to, that poor planning today puts God to the test tomorrow? Because you just, we don't plan. And so down the road, we just say, well, God will take care of us. God will take care of us. We don't need to be responsible. We don't need to be stewards. We can just do what we want, and God will take care of us, right? There is this, there's enough truth in that to be dangerous. But do you get the lie that you can do what you want, and God will spare you from consequences? You can spend your money any way you want, and God will be satisfied. That is not true. That is not true. So, this morning, uh, important principles. You familiar with that? Instant gratification. It's one of my favorite phrases with Bose sound bars. It took me months. Gary. By the way, I do have the Bose sound bar. Uh, thanks to a guy named Gary. Uh, and thanks to... I didn't have the letter then. I should have had the letter. I came up with a letter later. But with my convincing speeches. <laughs> I think I just wore Terry down. No, no. Well, we had planned on it for quite some time to uh, upgrade. So uh, here's the deal. Part of the reason why we needed a different sound system, we don't hear as well. <laughs> I forgot to have him include that in the letter. Uh, and so what has happened with the soundbar actually is we do hear better. How am I doing? <laughs> Terry's not here. I probably won't mention this in the second service. <laughs> How about this one? Delayed gratification. And what somebody said to me early in my life was, Dean, one of the most important principles you need to learn in your life is this. Delayed gratification. Because if you're always immediate gratification, you'll be in trouble. When it comes to moral purity and you just want what you want when you want it and you don't wait, 
you're in trouble. When it comes to financial security and you need to wait for God to provide and you just go ahead and spend it anyway because you can borrow it now and you can get plastic in your pocket or in your purse that you can just do what you want and based on how you think right now. Delayed gratification says, I will wait for God to provide for me. I will wait for best because God blesses with best. So, immediate gratification or delayed gratification? Uh, Book of Proverbs is pretty specific in a number of passages and it asks the question and it poses answers. How do I invest or plan for the future? And Proverbs 13.11, dishonest money, that's money you can get fast, dwindles. But he who gathers, and what's that hyphenated phrase? Little by little. He who gathers little by little, just one paycheck at a time, just put a little bit away at a time, makes it grow. Proverbs 27. The prudent, and when you see the word prudent, it means common sense. People who have common sense see danger and take refuge. But the simple keep going and suffer for it. If you do not stay aware, if we do not listen to the Holy Spirit and pay attention to His Word, we can go down paths that God never intended for us to go. How not to invest for your future. Proverbs 23. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Have the wisdom... To show restraint. So, how about this? Uh, How far back would you have to go that you said no to yourself? That you wanted it. Maybe you could even afford it, but you just said, no, I don't think that's God's best right now. So, here's what Terry says to me. It doesn't matter whether we are in Shaw's, Walmart, or, God help that woman, Home Depot. Okay? (laughs) It doesn't matter what it seems I pick up. There's my wife showing up in the aisle that I've been hiding in. And she will just get closer. And then I sense her presence. And this uh, voice that says this. Do you think we really need that? And I'm thinking, what are you doing in this aisle? Have the wisdom to show restraint because she's absolutely right. I won't say that next service. (laughs) She is absolutely right. And now I do this by nature and to say, while I'm looking at this and it doesn't matter what this is, it can just, it can be a package of hot dogs. And I will say, we have one in the refrigerator. That's probably enough. And I'm thinking with hot dogs, can you ever have too many hot dogs? You can always. Freezer is for Just in case, right? Thank you. Have the wisdom to show restraint. Do we do that? There's this story that Jesus tells us. It's called a parable in Luke chapter 12. And this is where I want you to go. So would you go here in your phone or or in your Bible? And it is like, so there's this rich guy is the way this story will go. And it's the end of the story where Jesus makes a statement that I want us to kind of uh, make sure we do not miss. So the lead into this in Luke chapter 12, 
uh, it, he really gets into his story in verse 16. But the lead-in is someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to the crowd, all of them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And then he tells him a parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. And he thought to himself, what will I do? I have no place to store all my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to myself, you have plenty of good things now laid up for many years. The way we would say it now, we are financially free. We are financially free. I've got everything that I need. I'm ready. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Okay. Buy the condo. Take the trip. Do what you want. Spend what you want. You're all set. But God said to him, You fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared prepared for yourself? And then verse 21. This is how it will be for anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. That last line... What does he mean by is not rich before God? For you, what would that mean? What does it mean to be rich toward God? Where God says, you are wealthy in my currency. In my currency, you are wealthy. I wrote in the What's it called, Lisa? In the weekly recap. Uh, I wrote in the weekly recap. Do you have any uh, of this in your closets? Left over from when you played the game with your kids? Do you have any of that? Uh, You know, I hardly know what Bitcoin is. But if that was your deal and that was where all of your investments were, would you be in a good place today? So, two truths for us uh, this morning. Number one, and my question is, do we, are we in agreement on this? Do you really think this way? Or is it like, we know we're supposed to think this way, but do we? Do we? Good financial decisions today will affect our lives tomorrow. Do you believe that that is true? And then, Truth number two, is it possible that good financial choices today will also affect eternity? Eternity. So today, yes, and and when you retire or when you will need it, uh, will you have it? And then when you stand before God, are you going to be like the rich fool of Luke chapter 12? And God says, you have no idea. You have spent your life wasting it. You have spent your life wasting your life. 
And what you thought was going to amount to something is like monopoly money as you stand before God in heaven. Jesus talked about planning ahead, thinking ahead. In fact, do you know Jesus talked a lot about it? Look what he says in Matthew 13. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again and then went in his joy and sold everything he had and bought that field because he knew that mattered more than anything. Okay, Now, Jesus is going to take that focus and talk about your relationship with him. Would you trade in everything for your life in Christ? Uh, we'll come to another guy in just a second. He tells another one here in Matthew 13. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought the pearl, the one thing. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. So do we invest in God's kingdom like all in? Sell everything you have all in. Do you remember the guy called the rich young ruler? Do you remember him? And Jesus meets him. Gospel of Mark says when, when Jesus looked at this man after he had talked to him for a moment, it says, and Jesus loved him. Like he was drawn to this guy. And he said, the guy comes to him with a question, a young, wealthy man. And he says, Rabbi, Jesus, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus gave him the first six of the Ten Commandments. And when he got done with the first six of the Ten Commandments, the man responds, I live by those. I have kept them from childhood. And then Jesus goes, okay, one more thing. I want you to go home. I want you to sell everything you own, give it away, and then come and follow me. Do you remember what happened then? He, he drooped his head and he walked away sad because he owned great wealth. So I wonder, could we do it? Could we do that? Sell everything you have, your home included, everything. Give it away to the poor. Okay, He actually t says this, look, sell everything you want. Do what next? How do you feel about this so far? And then come and follow me. Could you do it? And the answer is probably not. Probably not. Could you sell everything? You see, the rich young ruler, we look at him and go, you know, that was too bad. It was really too bad that he walked away from Jesus and never did it. And I wonder, God would say to me, but Dean, you would have done the same thing. You would have been the guy that walked away. Do you remember a different guy, Zacchaeus, when Jesus came and he said to, to Jesus, He's a tax collector. And so Jewish people did not like him because he represented uh, Rome. And so for Zacchaeus, without Jesus saying anything, he, he just says to him, Lord Jesus, 
I'm going to take everything that I have, divide it in two, and give it half of it away. And if I've ever done wrong to anybody, I will give them back double right now. I'd make you that promise. Would we say stuff like that? A final question. Do you believe that our financial priorities today will mean spiritual dividends for eternity? When you think about that, does that kind of reality matter for us? That how we think about our financial priorities right now, that it will affect our eternity. I want you to listen, watch, uh, as Rico and Jamie talk about what they have learned in regards to finances. Ready? Hi, I'm Rico Divinello. And I'm Jamie Divinello. JAMA Economics. Uh, the JAMA Economics came about uh, through an inside joke with myself and Pastor Kyle because he makes likes to make fun of my my work uh, attire, <laughs> my chef pants, which he calls pajamas. And he's got something right, too, because I do like to wear pajama pants around the house. And uh, for me, we were, we were talking about that, and we came up on the topic of money. And I said, for me, money represents if I can be comfortable with it. And what I mean by comfortable is not having heavy debt, not having uh, credit card debt, not having bills that I can't pay. That's uncomfortable. For me, comfortable is having money for emergencies, having money set aside for the future, having money... Uh, that we can fall back uh, on, fall back on if when something were to happen to one of us or both of us. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, it's all about comfort, financial comfort. And I'm not comfortable with big debt. I'm not comfortable with not understanding where the money's going or what's coming in or how to handle that or how are we going to pay for the bills. I'm not comfortable with that. Um, so choices that we've made to help us, you know, feel comfortable financially over the past couple of years. I mean, kind of prioritizing our wants versus, I mean, our needs versus our wants. Um, I mean, if we need something, we get it. Um, we have the money to do it, we get it. If we want something, um, we kind of put it off either as long as possible or really think about it. Um, because we want to have something to fall back on. We don't want to just spend because we have the money to spend. Yeah, um, we talk about money quite a bit. We have goals with what we want to do and what we want to accomplish to young kids and how we're going to be taking care of them and uh, our future. And uh, the more we're involved together talking about money, the more comfortable we are. And it's good that we're on the same page with what we're doing and where the money's going. We know what each other has in our accounts, in our shared accounts, in the big picture accounts. And the more we talk about it, the more we plan around it. Um, I don't think I'm going to be spending a huge amount of money without her knowing about it first. <laughs> We're talking about it. And I would hope the same way with her. So. Um, 
I mean, any little bit of money that you can set aside for, you know, an emergency or something popping up, I think it's important to do that because whether you're older or younger, you never know when something's going to happen, where you're going to need something to fall back on. And trying to come up with it, you know, in that moment is really stressful on top of whatever stress you're already dealing with. And I think the question of, well, it's too hard. I would say both avenues are hard. You're either going to put your head in the sand and do nothing. And that's going to be really difficult because you're not going to have any control of your finances. It's going to control you. Or you can try to take control of your finances. Both are hard. It's just your choice. And I think for me, it's more comfortable when I'm educating myself about finances, when I'm thinking about it, when I'm um, being disciplined with where our money's coming from and where it's going. That is uh, much better than just willy-nilly not thinking about money because it's too hard. It's really going to take control of you and can really affect your life. At least for me personally, way back, my anxiety, my uh, stress, fear came from not having money, thinking about money, not knowing how it worked or what to do with it. And we really grew up in a, in a home where we didn't talk about money. So I think. The big thing, financial education, just the basics, just understanding the basics of, about how money works besides just spending it is really important in the terms of it'll just give you some peace of mind and it'll give yourself a, a sense of accomplishment knowing that, you, yeah, this doesn't matter how much you have, really not a math problem. It's more of an attitude or a mindset of how you're going to handle your money because there's a, people with money that have so much but they still have money problems because they don't have that mindset of how to handle the money or so the money controls them rather than they can control the money. Set some financial goals and get some basic financial education if you don't have it already or just get read something talk to somebody take a course <laughs> financial peace really will give you a piece of peace of mind to to get through whatever financial situation you're in the more you can try to understand it to organize it and then to plan around it and then to have a strategy how to get out of debt or how to move forward with what you do have now the more comfortable you're going to be the jam economics <laughs> i agree <laughs> Good counsel. The reality came to me as we began the journey talking to Brittany and Kyle about uh, how this was going to work with a, a transition of Terry and, and me retiring and Kyle and Brittany stepping into leadership at Claybog. And uh, I remember earlier as we started down that path of saying to Terry, uh, I think this is from God and the timing is from God, but I know that I need to ask the question, can we? Can we financially retire? Are we in a good place to be able to retire? Can we afford to retire right now? And so... She ha 
always aware of where we are financially and what was going on. She sat with me for uh, just several afternoons and and we prayed and looked and talked. Uh, we had talked to John Cooper uh, as part of our plan, our strategy, just to make sure that God was in the details. Because reality, it's one thing to say, yes, I'm going to retire now. But where will your paycheck come from? Are you old enough to collect Social Security? And is that enough? Will that provide for your needs? Is that... And so looking at those details and then just saying, uh, thank you, Father God, that you put MTA, Mission of the Americas, and John Cooper in our past so that we are prepared to retire today. And I tell you now, God is so good. We are able to pay all of our bills. We are able to still tithe to Quaybog Church. We are able to continue to give money away because God has blessed us. So our part, be faithful and do it His way. God's faithfulness is like overwhelming. I know it now. I know it even differently now because I've watched it happen for us. So as we finish this series, how, how was your heart with God? How, how does this all land for you right now? Are you okay? I'm not asking you if you've got all your finances in order. Is your heart okay with God? And then, as has been expressed here this morning and throughout this series, when, when you're part of now the financial peace uh, small groups, we are, and Terry and I are in one of the groups, we are learning, again, principles that help us to apply Balance, discipline, decision-making, but trusting God. Because if God does not bless what we do, all we've done is follow a plan. But if God blesses the plan, it's His best. The ultimate is then one day to stand before our God and hear Him say, You did good. Well done, good and faithful servants. Well done. You handled life stuff really well. Come in and enjoy what I have made for you. Lord, that's what I pray, that we will experience now, today, these days, these weeks, these months, this coming year, and that we will know from you that our obedience and our stewardship gets your approval, and has your attention. And I pray blessing on the people of God at Quaybog that we will learn how to do this right. We will learn how to do this well. And then our trust in you for what we do not control will carry us through times that we are unsure. We are followers of Jesus here at Quaybog Church. And that makes a difference. Thank you for your call. Thank you for your providing. Thank you for your wisdom. Amen. Once again, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified of new content every week. Remember, we want to help you worship, connect, and serve. So if you live in the central Massachusetts area, we would love for you to engage with us on Sundays. 
For more information, service times, and details about our children's and youth ministries, visit us at quaybogchurch.org. Have a blessed week.